0: Today, I'm joined by Holly Thaggard and Amanda Baldwin, respectively the founder and CEO of the SPF lifestyle brand, Supergroup. From a game-changing innovation to the creation of an entirely new category, the Supergroup story is a must-hear, so stay with us. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable & Maine, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable & Maine has been an incredible journey so far and I decided to launch this podcast. As a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world, I believe in collaboration over competition. So I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other, which can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's like to welcome our guests for today, Holly and Amanda. They are the founder and CEO duo of Supergoop, respectively. Holly and Amanda are on a mission to change the way the world sees sunscreen. As the first and only lifestyle brand that is 100% dedicated to UV protection with its ingredient-conscious and efficacious formulas, Supergoop has truly cultivated the SPF category as a skincare must. It's no mean feat to educate and influence consumer behavior, let alone provide the ultimate solution to skin health. But Holly and Amanda have done just that. With Holly's background in teaching, understand child and parent behaviors, and Amanda's industry experience in omnichannel marketing and investment, the two have established a wider goal to eliminate the epidemic that is skin cancer, and they've advocated sun protection in Washington, D.C., launched a full-circle platform to fund SPF in schools across the U.S., and continuously updated their formulas to ensure a full-spectrum approach. They are trailblazers in the beauty industry, and it's such an honor and pleasure to have them both with us. So Ollie, Amanda, thank you for being with us today.
1: Thank you for the incredible introduction. <laughs> you want a job on our marketing team? That's really very well. I'm
0: excited. you summed it up beautifully. When Once uh, I'm no longer with Fable, please, uh, I'll be sending my CV to There's you guys. There's a seat right here you know,
1: for
0: you. <laughs> I'm a huge, huge fan of Supergroup, and I will say this, uh, I've had many SVF brands here, so sorry, but Supergroup is the best brand I use. So I'm a huge fan. Uh, so um, I will say, but I'm really excited to get into the journey. But before I do, I'm going to start by my first question I ask all my guests. So I'll start with you, Holly, and then I'll go to Amanda. So Amanda, you've got a bit more time to think about it. Um, but who, in a nutshell, is Holly?
2: I love to build and create. You know, my father raised all three of us to make the world a better place. Um, and always think about things that have never been done before, and so I think, um, at my true heart, I'm a I'm a builder and creator of of things that make the world a better place. Oh,
0: what a beautiful uh, so such a beautiful uh, intro. So, uh, Amanda, uh, you're, you're next. <laughs> Who, in a nutshell, is Amanda? Uh, I,
1: you know, I, I think in in many ways, I could say. Ditto. I think that that's something that Holly and I very much have in common is is sort of coming from that place. I think to keep the podcast interesting, I think that we also are very yin and yang. Um, And probably the thing that makes, you know, when you sort of think about me in a professional context – uh, super creative, but also very analytical. So um, I may be the one who likes the spreadsheets a little bit better, I think is a safe bet. But I think, you know, again, that's sort of the the partnership that, um, that we have is coming from a very, um, very common ground, but approaching what it means to say building and creating in probably a very different way.
0: That's amazing. So I I wanted to get into this, the story of of the, of the super group and how you guys met. But before that, let's take a little bit of a trip down memory lane. So I'll start with you, Holly. And sort of, would you mind telling us a bit about where you were born and raised and those early memories of beauty growing up?
2: Yes, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My parents both still live there. Um, after college, I moved to Dallas. My younger brother was starting at Southern Methodist University. I helped him move in the dorms. And my first year out of college, I was um, a third grade school teacher. And I grew up wanting to teach and educate and build programs around units, thematic units. And, and, uh, but I quickly felt a little claustrophobic in the, within the four walls of a classroom. And that's when I moved to Dallas. And I spent the better part of the next 10 years building uh, the business of Holly the Harpist. I was a musician. My maternal grandmother played the, played the harp. And, um, you know, I'm, I've always been taught also to look for the white space and things. And I I had initially started the piano in like fourth grade. And I looked around. There were way too many pianists and not enough not enough people with a bright, shiny gold harp in their house. Um, so I spent the better part of my twenties and early thirties, um, building the business of Holly, the harpist. But then I quickly realized that, um, after about 10 years doing that, um, you know, I enjoyed more the building of that business than I did sitting there performing on holidays and nights and weekends. And I, I wanted a family and I was at that time engaged to my now husband, Ty and, uh, And that's when his good friend was diagnosed with skin cancer. And my college roommate was going through her residency in dermatology. And she said, Holly, it's not about beaches and bikinis. This was like 2004. And SPF was an incredibly sleepy category. And, you know, she taught me and through my research, I learned that um, the cumulative damage that you receive every single day, those little bits of five, 10 minutes in the sun or sitting by a window, um, is ultimately what causes skin cancer much later in life. But when I thought back to my time in the classroom, that brief year out of college, I realized that nobody was educating our youth about how important it was to wear sunscreen. It wasn't a healthy habit that we were we were modeling, and it wasn't a healthy habit we were sure teaching.
0: It's so true, and I think when you have that yearn of like, I guess making not only just making everyone's life safer, uh, but also figuring out that that gap where okay, there has existed SPS, but perhaps it didn't speak to many people, right? It wasn't exciting for them to use in a daily use. And I think from a business side, you probably were like, there's definitely something missing in this industry. And I'm sure one of the reasons why Supergroup was created, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I had... Um, this early vision to change the way the world thinks about sunscreen through product innovation and really creating game changing ways that have never been done before to include SPF and UVA protection, which at the time was not found in any SPF formulas. In fact, in the U.S., the FDA didn't even have a rating system to prove the critical wavelength that was necessary to say that the UVA protection was, was in that bottle. Um, so we, you know, I learned a lot through my research and as I mentioned I love to build and create and I just one foot in front of the other similar to how I learned a, a beautiful piece on the harp I you know to broke it apart right hand left hand and then moved on to the second measure
0: for a fun fact I used to do I used to play music a lot growing up and violin and piano for many years and and uh, and then I became a singer um, but I actually enjoyed the the marketing and brand building part of becoming a singer more than the actual singing at some point, and then I, I actually transitioned into working in corporate where I worked for Estee and Dior, which now leads me to Amanda because I feel our paths have been. I didn't know that. I, I'm many years later, but and uh, not uh, in as senior positions as you, but uh, I used to work in uh, Estee Lauder was my first job, and then Dior in the head office in Paris. So I used to work very closely. I was there for about a couple of years. Um, Uh, in in France. But uh, I know you've had an incredible career. So I would love to kind of pass the baton to you and tell us a little bit about your journey.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have always loved brands. I grew up in New York City and some of my earliest memories of what I wanted to do when I grew up was to design store windows. Um, I'm an old lady, so there was no internet or any of these things that existed when I fell in love with brands. But I definitely remember why were some retailers successful and Wrote my college thesis on the Gap, and there was always this sort of underpinning of intellectual curiosity about branding. Uh, I certainly do not have a bone in my body that has the guts to be the entrepreneur who would start something the way that you and Holly did, but I think I was entrepreneurial, and it's taken really yeah. learning from Holly. And this- we call
0: it like entrepreneurial, right? Within those companies, yes, You're, yes, yeah. and certainly
1: when I was at Clinique, when I was at Dior. I have never had a job that somebody, that actually the role existed before I showed up. Like that's actually been the, my version of, of my entrepreneurial journey. And it, and it certainly took coming to this company and learning from Holly to see really what it is on a whole nother level. Um, so I was never, never that way from the beginning. But I think there was probably some signs that I was a builder and I definitely was a creator, but in a very different kind of way. Um, and I always loved brands, I always loved packaging, I love design and aesthetics. Uh, but my original career was on Wall Street as an investor. And so I've always kind of come at that love of branding from an analytical point of view of like, okay, well, how does the brand and the product drive the numbers and drive creating equity value and all those things? So that maybe helps you see how Holly and I might answer the same yeah. question in a similar way, but at the same time in in a very unique and different way. And I think that that's, that's really kind of what this is all about.
0: And I love also in your career, um, having stalked your LinkedIn, uh, like this, <laughs> this a kind of sandwich of like kind of working, uh, from kind of your, when you're in the Goldman McKinsey to so then the Este LVMH and then sandwich with the Cap. Like it's such a, really like incredible, um, experience. I'm sure that's taught you a whole 360 of the beauty mm-hmm. landscape. Yeah. Um, so you've
1: sort of seen every side of the table, so to speak. Exactly. Uh, Even
0: yeah. the sides we, we don't want to see. You see everything, which is important, right? When you're having a business. Um, but I'm so curious to know like how you guys met, like, was it way before Supergoop started? You were introduced to each other?
1: Oh no. Holly had put in, I think, Fifteen, maybe ten to fifteen years of incredible work and foundational. Uh, yeah. And I felt I heard the same story that that you just heard through a recruiter introduced us is the is um, the real is the real fun fact. Um, so we met, you know, we met when this brand was already had all of the building blocks and the magic and some great product and yeah. um, and the things that um, you know I had been taught to look for at Lauder and LVMH of what like what can create the next Clinique d'Or, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. So I'm sure Holly can share the side of kind of what the moment was well, for her where she said, okay, maybe it makes sense to go and find somebody with my background. Well,
2: and I think for, for our brand, it really, it took um, that first 10 years of, of education to the consumer, encouraging the press to write about SPF outside of the month of May Encouraging finding a retailer that was willing to look at my vision and embrace this idea of not taking us off the shelf in October. We had so much work to do and early day, and I think that's why um, I certainly probably could have put my foot on the gas a little faster. But um, it was about six years ago, going on seven, right, Amanda? That we um, I decided that you know the beauty industry is rooted in New York City and. I was live in San Antonio Texas today and I was taking a lot of trips to New York and spending a lot of time talking to anybody that would listen to me talk about SPF and uh, I so I knew I wanted a presence there and I knew that I wanted a partner to help me build the team. We literally you know started building our marketing team and our creative team and our ops team and everything the day that Amanda started. Um, and we took quite a bit of time to get to know each other. I think, you know, you being a founder, you've probably heard the horrific stories of yeah. founders and presidents and clashing. And so we took no. our time over the course of, gosh, I think probably like five months to get to know each other before day one, um, which really I love the story. Amanda said, Amanda said she needed two weeks off, but I think we should go to San Francisco tomorrow.
1: <laughs> to see our hey friends one in shelf in a hundred Sephora stores, you better protect that um, exactly. So get on and, uh, it right away. Um, well, uh,
0: kind of let's go then to because 2007 you launched, and Amanda, you came in like then as we said, like a bit, close to ten yeah, years 10 later years, 10 uh, years at this later. perfect kind of flex point in the business, but. Imagine now I'm like, like how Amanda got the, the story from the recruiter. I'm, I'm, I want to work for you guys. Remember, this is a job interview, imagine. So you're going to now tell me, Holly, your story from the beginning. So tell me a little bit about how Supergoop started and the name inspiration and those early days of the brand.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I looked to campaigns. at First, changing consumer behavior is one of the most difficult things to do. We have a world in which nobody was wearing SPF every single day. And then my background in teaching, I knew that starting a healthy habit, washing your hands before lunch, putting your seatbelt on in the car, is much simpler for children. So, in a world in which skincare was looked very clinical in 2004, um, it looked incredibly doctor-driven. Brands, there was you know one SPF at the end of every regimen of skincare. I think I just had this early inspiration that if it's not truly caring for your skin when you walk outside how is it skincare everything in skincare should be built on a foundation first in protecting our body's largest organ the name and the name supergoop really stemmed from this um, how do i find a brand when you asked young children what they thought about sunscreen at the time it was yuck icky sticky mess they frowned and uh, and so rather than going down the path of being a highly clinical even though our serious science backed formulas certainly deliver um, I think, you know, I had to think about what is that what is that product name that's going to sort of be the kid's ticket to get outside and enjoy a fun day in the park? Um, but then I also felt, and I come from generations of artists as well, and I, I um, have also been in so many conversations with my mother, who's a renowned portrait painter and about protecting the white space. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I knew that I wanted aesthetically this brand to be beautiful enough for sitting on a woman's vanity or pulling out of a golf bag for the men, because I also knew that role models were role modeling is super important. And so our children are looking to us as to if we wash our hands before we eat and if we put our seatbelt on and and these kind of things so so i really started on the search for the name supergoop by thinking about it like very differently than most skincare, and just saying what is that fun playful name i also at the same time was passing lab samples around to everyone in my family from that first chemist that took on the challenge of of building a formula that checked all the boxes for everything that i wanted in this formula and uh, I called it goop. I wasn't from the beauty industry. So I'd say, do you like this goop? Do you like that goop? And uh, and when we finally had, uh, t- even today, still our top three formulas play, we've had seven iterations on it since. But, but uh, when we finally got that to a really good place, and I loved it, I said, oh my gosh, this is super. And it was a very exciting time because this was the first um, chemical formula in the country, in the world, that didn't rely on a handful of ingredients that I identified as controversial, like oxybenzone, um, parabens, chemical fragrances, which were being used in every chemical sunscreen to mask the smell of the fragrances. And so it really was an exciting day. And that's when I put the exclamation point at the end. <laughs>
0: that is so cool. I mean, it's such, this is why I love asking. So good, right? It's,
2: I
1: mean, so good. You, it's like I have
0: goosebumps. It's so good.
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: but then, and then speaking about the hero skew play, right? Your first formulas. Tell us about that then how that started.
2: Well, so that started in a large dispenser. I packaged it through Ways, um, and I worked for several years on going from school, elementary school to elementary school. I pictured this formula on the classroom wall of every classroom in America. Um, after all, I mean, if children come to school without sunscreen on, or even if they come with sunscreen on by the afternoon and after school and sports, we were inevitably saying that they were going to have sun damage. So um, I quickly learned, though, that even though I had written this beautiful program and curriculum for tying it into math, science, social studies in a fun, playful way, that um, in the U.S., um, it's an over-the-counter drug, as it should be, and it was actually prohibited in all school campuses except In the state of California. So I kind of dug into that and how did California carve a policy out to allow sunscreen in their schools? And it really just stemmed from one woman who was incredibly passionate about this. And so I knew it could be done, but it seemed very difficult to scale. And that's when I started learning the business of retail, Um, you know, Photoshop. I created the first packaging. Um the signature is still my my handwriting, the supergoop logo. Um those are the you know, those are the fun days Amazing. of creating.
0: I can't believe it's your handwriting. I didn't even know that either. That's so cool. Like that's, I taught uh, third
2: grade because third grade is when script is taught and or was taught. I don't know if it's still taught anymore.
1: In, in elementary school but i have a third grader who is still who has learned script okay. um yeah. so they <laughs> <still> happily they're <laughs> still teaching
0: it <laughs> and then, and then well, what, obviously a big part of Supergoop success uh, to me having found it through this is, is your you know your retail distribution is, is imperative because that's another way to to get the products out there to people um, and sephora you know is just an incredible partner for you guys um Uh, I know it, you know, what we see today in stores with your wall and stuff that's like today, right. But it starts very humbly and, and, and you know, like, like kind of like where I'm starting, right? Like a shelf and then you have to prove yourself.
2: Well, and that was 12 years ago. We've been on this journey with Sephora and they taught me the business of Sephora. I wasn't very familiar with the retailer at all. The skincare buyer, Kim Holt, was a new mom and she had found our products from some of our first retail, which was high-end children's prestige retail. Um, Giggle was my first account. Um, Barney's New York, now defunct, but it was one of my first accounts. I identified these retailers that I felt like were doing a really good job of storytelling and and could be, you know, sort of ambassadors for our brand on the ground to a crowd of new moms. And she uh, passed the packaging around and they called the number on the box, which was my cell phone, and um, and then began teaching me the business of Sephora and how they were interested in, in this this unique brand that was delivering serious science in a playful spirit. Um, I think today you see a lot of playful spirits in the store, but um, this really was at a time when skincare was owned by, by doctor driven brands. And, and so while, um, I think I first realized Sephora was the right partner for me. They, they um, initially offered me a big fancy end cap for the 12 weeks of summer and i had to quickly fly back to san francisco and and uh convince them that i needed shelf space that was going to look as beautiful in the dead of winter as on the fourth of july and and uh, we were not going to create a new category in skincare or even lifestyle beauty we weren't going to do it by um following suit of the way it had been done in the past and so they came back to me ultimately with, as you mentioned, you start small, but six inches of space. They said pick two favorite SKUs and we're going to create a new um, wall for you to be present for one year, which really shaped the brand and where we are today and as leaders and experts in SPF because we had to think about creating formulas that were going to be, you know as productive on the shelf, you know, 365 days a year. Um, because we had that presence. Otherwise, I knew that space would, would be taken away. And then I think, you know, that space just grew from, you know, two products to four and four to a shelf. And as Amanda said, when she started, we were one That's, one shelf. And and
0: look at it today. Uh, I, I, and not just, you know, US, right? Like, it, it's great to see the brand growing globally. But before we talk about, I think, global distribution, we'd love to talk a little bit about the current product range. Maybe, Amanda, you can shed some light on some of your, your heroes and favorites and Holly as well after.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Kali is still the the queen of product, but uh, I can certainly give you a little bit of a sense of kind of why we do what we do. And I yeah. think that it, again, it all comes from that original insight, that original vision, that original mission, which is, you know, to change the way the world thinks about sunscreen. And when you say world, we mean it literally, uh, which means that, you know, and is even as Holly was saying that, you know, the product had to look be great for a woman on her vanity dad in the golf bag kid in the in school when you think about the breadth of the consumer that we're trying to reach that was something that got me really excited because i think that brands today are oftentimes getting more and more niche in terms of the specificity of this is this is the consumer that i'm going after we're about spf for everyone every single day so the Scope of what that is is pretty extraordinary, but the depth at which we do it, we're only creating SPF products. We really believe that that's our purpose, that's what we're great at. Uh, and so, but if you want to solve for one of the most fun things in this job, is to be out and about, and somebody says, Oh, I love super goop, and I always say, Which one? and they all have a story of the one that changes the way they think about sunscreen, and that's not the same answer for everyone. I think that's sort of among many of the myths that we spend time busting um, is that it's not one size fits all. And so as we think about our product portfolio, it's about having somebody have an answer, having every single person have an answer to that question. Uh, and so with play, that's definitely, you know, the original formula. It is great for an active lifestyle. It's my go-to on a ski mount- top of a ski mountain at the beach, you know, when you're out and about, Some people do use it as a daily moisturizer because it's certainly super hydrating, but we have options now, as the portfolio has grown, that are better designed for wearing under makeup. Uh, We have Unseen Sunscreen, which is just celebrating its five-year anniversary, and I would say that's the skew that changed the trajectory of this company and this category, Uh, and it was because we sat down and made a list of all the things that people don't like about sunscreen and decided we'd cross them out. Um, that, that I did have the, the pleasure of being, uh, being here for. Uh, and then Glow Screen, uh, you know, who doesn't want, never too much glow. Uh, and so that one has been another hero's cue. And you know, gosh, one thing we never run out of is ideas. Uh, my biggest challenge as a CEO is helping us to decide in what order to do them. Uh, and it is so hard because I have all the enthusiasm for them, but I know that we can only do so many things well. Uh, and so, you know, even as Holly was saying, you know, the white space and what you don't do and all these things and, and just kind of trying to be methodical about how we do them, but they'll never, I, I don't believe this journey will ever end, but I think that, you know, over time we will certainly chip away at, at making sure that we have an answer for everybody really head to toe. So even this spring we took unseen sunscreen and said, well, what happens if you make a body formula? it's not the exact same formula. It's much more designed for, you know, the hydration and what happens if you have a lip product that is also clear. So you can, you can take these across consumers and then you can also take them, you know, physically up and down your body um, because your, your skin is your largest organ. So uh, product development is, is the heart, the soul is the thing that when I met Holly um, and Sophia, who was her first hire, who still um, is a product guru around here, I was like, I don't I don't know how they're doing this, but boy, is this something special.
2: Yeah, and I, I would just add that you have you have to now think about, and I've certainly realized this as I've gotten older, is you know, what's right at age thirty is not necessarily right at age forty, and forty, not fifty. Um, our skin changes every decade and and I think we've learned from our global expansion now, um, starting with Southeast Asia and and the climate over there and, um, and extending into Canada. And now we just, um, I just came back from my second trip this year to Paris and we've launched the Fora Europe and I think 16 countries. And we're learning all, uh, we're learning so much about the different climates and, and what the needs are um, as, as you travel around the globe. So.
1: Lots more to come. <laughs>
0: and that's what i say, like, you know, Middle East, India, like for me, like why I love your products is, and, and you often hear him and, and, you know, now talk to to the team about the kind of white cast and stuff. But, you know, you guys are leading in that front of like not having that issue for people with melanated skin like myself. Um, it's the reason why I've tried so many sunscreens in SPF and I still struggle. And Supergroup is the only one that I feel like is, made for me but still made for everyone it's so incredible how you've done a formula that i feel it's catered to me but i know it's good to also everyone <laughs> you know it's such an incredible thing so protecting that is so important in and, and doing it with um purpose in each market and i think that's why i love you guys haven't like sprinted globally you do it kind of like with the right um momentum right and the right uh Kind of scale a lot
2: of that probably comes from my not being from the beauty industry right because I didn't know how things were supposed to be done usually brands go from the US to Europe straight to Europe to prove out that and you know for us Southeast Asia was a better first step um, given the climate and the the um, R education around the need for sun protection but I think um, when you don't have a you know, a recipe for things, you can think a little more outside the box. And that's really helped Supergoop.
0: Absolutely. I mean, in terms of like other initiatives that you guys are really proud of that Supergoop is is involved in, do you you mind sharing any of those things that
2: well, I'll jump in because my passion project over the last 15 years has been changing those laws that exist in school campuses to uh, give children access to sun, sun protection. And I think um, we've called on help from everyone from Memorial Sloan Kettering to MD Anderson to, um, uh, you know, very large number of people on Capitol Hill to bring awareness to this antiquated law that exists. And I think we're up to some 20 something states that now, um, allow it. And actually that first trip that Amanda and I took to, to San Francisco the day after she signed, uh, our agreement was, um, we sat there for three days brainstorming ways to, to now reconnect and close the loop on this. And, and that's when we created the ounce by ounce program, which is yeah. ounce by ounce, we're going to get super goop into these classrooms um, that are, that are, you know, that need it. And so it's been a real passion project for me. And I think it's, it's wonderful to give children access and have, um, have it be on the radar for the teachers that this is something that's really important. Um you know I always say we wouldn't send our children onto the playground without a fence to protect them from the oncoming traffic but uh we're we're doing just that with the sun you know directly above them.
0: Uh, it's. Um, I actually, saw, when I looked at your aunt by ounce page and um, it was so easy to navigate and, and to kind of apply and if you don't see your estate on there, you can, you know, get in touch. I saw this photo of um, these kids with like super group jerseys or something. I wanted to ask, like, what was that? That looks so cute.
1: <laughs> it might have been that we were partnered with Nike Sports Camps. It might have been yeah. that. We do a lot of, um, we try and find ways, you know, ounce by ounce, um, just join the, White House moonshot program so that we could put, you know, more visibility to it. We often look for organizations that can help us scale that and make sure that it can get into the hands of people who might not already know about Supergoop and and make sure that we're getting into underserved communities. So um, the LeBron James Family Foundation is one of our investors. We've supported, they have an annual uh, fair um, for 10,000 people and we brought product for that. So um, we're always trying to figure out ways, and, and again, it all goes back to that origin story to make sure that we're supporting, um, you know, what is a healthy habit. And I think that's those are the things that we do as mission-driven and charitable initiatives. But I would say, what I also love about this brand is that this brand inherently is about spreading joy. Uh, that we are positive in what we do, that we say we're spreading the sunshine. That's how we behave as a team. That's who we want to be to our partners. That's how we want our consumers to feel. And that's pretty amazing, right? Uh, To sort of know that every time you sell a tube of this product, somebody's skin is healthier and they're going outside to do something super fun. So we just launched a brand new Brand campaign called Solar Powered Freedom. And there's 365 ways to use your solar powered freedom, little pun on SPF, um, with an exclamation point, of course. And it's all about take the longer trail, take somebody to brunch, uh, play pickleball, like all these things. And, and I think the spirit of this brand, especially, you know, the thing that I love about it is that no matter what's going on in the world around us, it has this sort of heart and this soul that's always relevant and is always Trying to, you know, as Holly said, to, to truly make the world a better place. And so the mission aspects of what we do are, are really, really important, but just our day-to-day. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's really what I hope our, you know, what I know our team is really proud of that they're participating in.
0: I mean, if you don't mind me asking, like how big is the family grown today? Because uh, as someone like in my place, I'm like, you know, I lose Supergoop as my my dream benchmark of a brand, right? <laughs> uh,
1: well, I, I always say we're just getting started and, and you know, Holly and I both love the phrase the best is yet to come. So, uh, but right now we're a little over 150 people. So about that. And we now have offices around the world. Um for a long time, it was just Holly. Uh, I like when I say, started, yeah. we were under 10 people. So it's, uh, you know, and I think it's something that is um, growing and evolving. And so we're we, we are doing the same things we've always been doing. We can just do them on a bigger scale now. And hopefully we'll we'll be doing them on a, you know, when we talk again. Yeah. Uh, and in a few years, we'll be doing them. Well, I hope we talk again before then. We will. But, You know, yeah. I, I know that in a few years from now, we're like, oh, wow look at what we can do now. That's, oh, that's yeah, yeah. the yeah. We'll,
0: we'll, we'll do a Family Beauty 2.0 episode then. And exactly, like a whole, exactly. That's the plan. Um, I, I do want to ask, like, maybe I'll ask Holly your, the question for your first years before Amanda came, then I'll ask the question to Amanda like, after, you know, when you came on board. But Holly, Holly, what would be one of the most invaluable lessons to remind yourselves today and other entrepreneurs during those initial like first 10 years in your founder journey?
2: Oh, so gosh! I mean, you know, I I have sort of an optimistic, can't stop, won't stop belief in what we were doing, and I think that for and this might sound a little cliche, um, but I think if you're going to go down this journey of changing the way the world thinks about something or um, thinking about this in terms of how I'm going to scale you just have to be so passionate about your idea. And it really does for me go back to my father's advice to make the world a better place. And if it's already been done, why bother? Think differently, create, you know, things that haven't been done. And I think that you have to just literally be so passionate about this idea that you can't sleep at night. And, you know, our daughter just turned 18 and I was pregnant when I was starting this journey. Um, So I've been on it now for 18 years. and I think that I, you know, I know that I I recall going into our first private school, I mentioned we couldn't go into public schools, but we did launch that educational program in about five or six private schools. And I think Emory was like two weeks old. And I mean, you know, for any moms listening, you know, when your baby's two weeks old and, you know, it's, it's, but I was so passionate about it that I had to launch that school. And I planned to launch that spring and she was born in, you know, December. So we had to be in the, in, in the classrooms by the time the children came back from Christmas break. Um, but I think it's really important to have that passion for what you're doing um, so that you can last 18 years so that you can. This is not a brand that we see going away. This is, you know, I've always thought about Super Goop like, you know, in fact, in the early days, I sat in Starbucks, didn't have an office and. remember, and I didn't drink coffee either. My parents don't drink coffee. And, but I sat in Starbucks to do my work on that school curriculum. And I remember watching everybody go up to the counter and everybody had a different drink. It was like a mocha latte, a frappuccino, you know, eggnog latte. And it was just, everybody had a different way into the world of coffee. And That's very much how I thought about SPF was like, this is why people aren't wearing it every single day because there's nobody making it for custom, for everybody's, everywhere's skin tone and type and color and preference and and climate and all of this. So, you know, I really began to just become obsessed with SPF. And so I think that's really important for entrepreneurs that really see big visions to just Make sure that your idea is is going to make the world a better place and, and that you are just obsessed with it.
0: What them. a beautiful analogy. I think mean, that's like that's one of the best analogies I've ever heard, also. And also it's a great lesson to anyone thinking about creating something is half the answers are there, right? It's in front of you. You just have to look for it and see it and then find ways to, you know, adapt it to another situation, right? Like you saw something that clearly has worked in the coffee industry. It needs to work for the SPF industry, you know? Like it's it's very simple.
2: And then I think also, I think find the help that you need is really important. Timing exactly. is everything, but I think finding that help, whether it's in the form of investors, when the time becomes clear to you that there are a lot of smart people that can sit around and help or finding your Amanda, for example, um, exactly. the timing is definitely important. I didn't start looking for her until, you know, 10 years in, but um, I had a big job to prove out because the category just wasn't interesting to anyone. And so, you know, we had a lot of product innovation. I always say I dream about SPF and I have since day one. In fact, I had another dream this morning, Amanda. Ooh. <laughs> so we have pro-
1: product, product development in. right after this. So I'm just going <laughs> to hold that thought.
0: Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And Amanda, like to, to you, you know, and I ask as someone curious, because to Holly's point early in the podcast, you know, for me, I know I'll need the support from uh, an Amanda. <laughs> You're basically an incredible CEO. Um, I'm currently the CEO, but I know I, I won't be, I need to have someone else at some point. I have to be honest uh, and take the brand to another level uh, and, and with the journey with me, because it's it's a family. Um, it's not just my brand anymore. But uh, there is that nerves a little bit of like from both sides, right? Like I need to make sure someone is ready to come in and what that means. And also for me to accept to take let things go. Um, what advice would you give, you know, for like people like yourself, but also the founders in that critical moment?
1: I mean, I think like this is a deep, longstanding partnership and a marriage and yeah. it is, this is one that's also not one size fits all. I think this is really, uh, matchmaking. Uh, I think that, you know, Holly and I are the right match that doesn't mean I'd be the right match for every founder, right? It's, it is about the yin and the yang. And I think really taking the time to make sure that again, and I sort of love how this podcast started of us saying, we were maybe describing ourselves in, in the same way. And you have to have that commonality of purpose and, um, frame of reference, but you need to be one plus one is ten. Um, this is actually very unusual for Holly and I to be spending a morning together. It's a real joy, but we can't be trying to do the same thing. We can't be great at the same thing because that you know we always tell the story that we never sat down and said, "Oh well, you do this and I do that." It's just it's so abundantly clear about what Holly's extraordinary strengths are and her vision and this. Like this idea that she had, I, you know. I I hear the story every time, and I'm so humbled by it, and how incredibly special it is. And I think she's been an amazing partner because she lets me do what I think we need to do to build a team and to build a organization and the infrastructure. And she's an incredible partner, and in kind of in in having that kind of trust of somebody is is re- and and you have to really have respect and trust that is so deep because this is a roller coaster. Um, not every, you know, these are, you know, overnight successes I don't think exist. I think they are long grinds and, um, and this, these things do take a lot of time. And, you know, I just think it's a unique thing. I think you kind of probably know it when you, this is the first experience that I've had. Um, and I, and I often say, I can't imagine, you know what it would be like to ever work with somebody else because I'm so spoiled, uh, and so um, you know I, th- I think <laughs> I think, same, but same. I, so I think we've just both really know how lucky we are, and I know how lucky I am to be at this brand, um, and that it's sort of the gift that keeps on giving. And you know, and we sit here, I'm like, ah, oh, we got so many things to to still do. So I think just take your time. I think Holly and I really took our time
0: and, um, and feel it. it yeah, it, it, it's so true. Uh, You know, I I will say it's sort of like, forget titles, put that aside. It's sort of like finding your co-founder. Like, I'll be honest, even though I'm technically the co-founder, I'm more of a CEO because my sister came had the idea, right? So every day, there are days where sometimes I'm like doing X, Y, Z, but I'll always be like, but without her amazing gift of this brand ideation. Like I'm, I'm, I'm the vehicle master now. I'm going to get it to the business side. Right. But, um, so I think it's a really good point. Like, even if I bring on a CEO later, it's sort of like that mentality of if how I looked at when me and my sister were starting it, um, of that trust. And this is a long-term, long-term plan that we want to do together.
1: Yeah. And I'd say that for one's entire leadership team and for exactly. the entire organization, like, you do not do great things by yourself, period. Uh, and you, you know, I think it takes really special, wildly creative people to start things. Uh, yeah.
0: and to but build you that, can't
1: yeah. scale them on your own. There just there is a physical limit to the number of hours in the day, but also the skills that any of us have. And skills. so,
2: I mean, uh, Amanda and our our skills are very different, and I could never have mm-hmm. built yeah. the team that we have in 150 very passionate people today without yeah. her help. And I, I was not the child in school that did well in group projects. I went home <laughs> and did it myself. And, you know, Amanda, I think in one of our first interviews, she was like, oh, I loved group projects. I was always the leader. <laughs> I love <laughs> And I that. could tell you to do this <laughs> and you to do that. And um, But I, I I kind of personally, as a founder, just sat down and made a list of all the things that I really liked to do and was good at. and And Many of those included things that I couldn't actually hire, and that left a lot of a lot of need for a lot of other skills that have to do a lot with spreadsheets. <laughs> and, uh, oh
1: yeah, uh, that's a, yeah. That's really And cool. I and I do that too as a CEO now that we have a bigger team, and like I've had the pleasure of kind of building a team now that is ten times better at things I might have been doing day one, uh, and now I have happily, um, and so I think Holly set an example that then really sort of cascades through the entire organization and 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 you've got to have people who are masters of their craft and that's sort of, it's really neat as you grow because yeah, you do get to, you know, we have our first general counsel. She's amazing. Um, and so, like, it's just an example of just something that as you grow, you can really bring on talent and have expertise and I think having real respects for people who are masters of their craft and, and seeing that as additive to the journey, that it's, it's not taking anything away from anybody. Um, yeah. You're just getting better and and you will get to the next level if you kind of really know how to embrace that. And I, and I think, I do think, again, I think that Holly is a unique and special founder and that she understood that. And maybe it came from dad and, and his stories in the beginning, um, because it, it it is, I think the thing that can that can hold young brands back um, is is not getting that right.
0: Especially today, especially today, I think. Like, I don't know. I think times are like. I, I I can tell you in the last week, I've had two people leave, and you know, there's you get moments where you're like, oh, like what am I doing something wrong? I have new people coming, which is great, but I think um, the times are very different right now, like in terms of hiring and loyalty. Like, I remember. When I was working in Dior and Estee Lauder, I would I was be I would ne- I would be nervous of like having six months in a CV. I'd be like, oh, they're going to be like, what's wrong? Or a year, even right now, yeah. people are coming in and three months later, they're they're not afraid to go to the next company. And I think I have to remind myself, but the thing that retains them is making them feel valued, feeling part of the, the like the leadership team, even if they're not leadership, feeling that they have really a say. And, you know, I, I have to look back and maybe I, I thought of it too much as a role and not like the, the person. And uh, that's something I can work on, right? But it's in moments like this where you have to go back to your key values and pillars and not let that slide for any yeah. employee.
1: And look, I would say, you, you know, when you said what's, you, Holly was sort of giving the advice that she had for those, that first part of the journey. And I would give the advice of what you just alluded to, that the only thing that is constant is change. Um, and I think the, the, the sooner that you can recognize that and embrace it and realize that it's, it's not just the world, but it is the nature of a growing business. Uh, and, you know, that's something that I'm still learning and, and watching this business scale and evolve comes a lot of change. Um, but you have to love that. I think to sit in my shoes, you have exactly. to love that. You gotta,
0: it's like an escape room, like a puzzle. That's so Exactly. Solve it. It's, it's, you know? it's,
1: it's not going anywhere. No. Um, so you have to thrive on that. And I think that That's is true. really what, what some of this is all about
0: i love that well we're gonna start wrapping it up because i don't want to keep you guys from your product development call those those dreams ideas need to be said and heard (laughs) so uh we'll wrap it up soon but i have um before we go to fire round questions i have a desert island situation which is practically made for you guys so you're coming to a desert island but i'm being really strict and i'm saying you can only bring each one product so you can conquer and divide here so Holly, starting with you, what is your go-to you're bringing with you from Supergroup on this island?
2: Goodness. Um, and you realize this is like, you know, this is my favorite h- question answer for her. Just because I, <laughs> we, we believe in a wardrobe of SPF. So on any I given like day, it. I have at least eight or nine layered and stacked and, and uh, <laughs> working. Imagine. But I, you know, definitely would, would enjoy the water during that time. So I would lean towards those products within our, our play that are very water-resistant. Um, my favorite, most beautiful, luxurious one is our glow oil. And I think delivering with argan oil and metafoam seed oil, the beautiful dry touch, not greasy oils with a highly water resistant formula in broad spectrum SPF 50 is, was just like a real, it was the first ever to be created. And I, I still, I missed it on when I get out of the shower every single day, um, and I said, so I guess I'd have to take that along with, I'd sneak, sneak an extra bag. breaker. A,
1: She's
2: like, you know, yeah, that was the question, but, you know but not so the, the, much. Uh, the, the,
0: the trick question, the trick answer would have been one of your like discovery kits. Cause you get a lot of minis in there, you know, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: there is a way to, there is a way to there's a, there's that. A our way. Is the
2: is the same glow oil, but it's in a, very convenient little stick format. Yeah, I saw. Uh, of course, so we cool. need protection for our lips because we don't want the mm-hmm. sun's rays to magnify the damage to chair. our lips and yeah. a vulnerable oh. area around our eyes. But I'll let Amanda
1: answer.
0: Amanda, <laughs> uh, Amanda what's your I'll,
1: one? I'll be the pragmatist. Um, uh, and you'll see that I would go with play because I play. know that that goes face, body. I probably could put it on my lips. It might work. Um, so, and I know that it is the thing that I really, and, and I certainly, I sunburn very easily. So that, that was the destiny that brought me to this, this job, I guess. Um, but that, that would be
0: the one that I would pick. Do, do us a favor and bring the 18 ounce so we can all share. That'd exactly.
1: The big okay. Mm-hmm. Then
0: I'm done for oh. that. <laughs> okay. So fire round question. This is first thing that comes to your mind. Speed round. Um, and then we're done. So the first question and I'll, I'll go Holly first and Amanda each time. So Holly, what's another beauty brand in any vertical, any retailer, it doesn't matter, but that you're currently loving right now?
2: Oh, gosh. I mean, if I could turn this camera around and show you the rest of my dressing room and all of the beautiful brands that, um, you know, I, I am a fan of Olaplex shampoo and conditioner. I think, you know, it extends into, but I think... You know, we shouldn't say that because you're sitting here with a hair brand.
0: No, let's, you can say I'm a, of, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, no, I'm a huge fan of like every brand. Um, I, uh, I've even invested in hair brands. So for me, I'm like, there's not one product, for, it's every product. Yeah,
2: I think I think Le Mer is a beautiful brand.
0: Yeah, La is beautiful.
2: Make a fabulous eye cream, but I also like the antioxidants and skinceuticals. An old, you know, just an old favorite of mine is the use of antioxidants, which is something that we've incorporated into almost every if not every one of our formulas have a healthy dose of antioxidants. And I think that that in combination with UV
1: protection is, is the ultimate care for your skin.
0: And, and Amanda, how about yourself?
1: So I, you know, I always have a radar for what do I think is the, the maybe the radar that helped me discover super goop of like, gosh, that is doing something different. Uh, so I really admire topicals. Uh, I think they're shaking up the skincare space. So a very, Specific, you know, sort of, again, taking things that were kind of not visually appealing and making them visually appealing and unique. I'm a big packaging person, as I told you before, I think there's a real depth to the founder story there. Um, And I, I think they're one to watch.
0: So. Olamede is amazing. No, that's a great one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We've gotten to know each other a little bit. Um,
0: Next question is, what is your happy place? Um, I'll start with you, Holly.
2: Oh, in, in the gym, Pilates and weight training. I Ooh. every morning that I'm not traveling, which isn't very many this month. <laughs> <laughs> it's like five days I'm in San Antonio this month. But um, yeah. you know, I have I have a great tri- Pilates trainer and a, a weight trainer, and I I it is a time I use
1: very selfishly.
0: Yeah, and Amanda.
1: I think it would be. Gosh, I've got so many, but I think probably. Um, you know, curling up on the couch with my son and he just kind of is still at the age where he'll just like sit on top of me um, instead of next to me. And it's just, you know, I I, I know he'll outgrow that eventually, but I'm cherishing it. Um,
0: oh, enjoy every moment. Yeah, then i will start hurting the back and stuff. So I mean, enjoy it now. Yeah, it That's seems a... like,
1: oh, mom, you know, but I've got, I'm going to relish relish it while it lasts.
0: Uh, my next question, Holly, is what is, well, I think I already know, but what is your hidden talent?
1: Probably... Yeah.
0: Harp, uh, I guess. That's well, not, that's a not people anymore. know about no, me. Yeah, that's it's not. not, yeah, but that's I'm, not I'm also
2: an artist and I spent quite oh. a bit of my life um, painting um, as well.
1: And so it kind of goes to creating.
0: Amazing. And, like your family as well. into oh, That's amazing. Uh, how about yourself, Amanda?
1: I wish I had one. Um, I, <laughs> I was a gymnast growing up and I have nothing to show for it now other than marginally better than average yoga skills. But um, <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. Um, I don't that know. Is, kind of uh,
0: Amanda, it. I think we might be like really similar. I used to be a gymnast in, in my when I was when I was seven, eight. Okay. And I used to be for the country, but then I uh I now use it only in my Ashtanga Dharma Yoga practices. So
2: <laughs> <this is another laughs>
1: Something tells me you're you're hitting yeah, you're a like, Oh you're right, you're right um, I'm like, <laughs> I always wish I was a musician. I was not born with any skills there. Um, Amazing.
0: Well, I mean, uh, next question is, what do you have a favorite quote or a saying? Amanda, you first. We'll change it up. <laughs>
1: uh, I always say, follow your heart and never lies. I think that um, just trust your gut. Uh, and, and we all kind of know the answers for ourselves. Yeah. I don't think there's any one right answer in life and decisions, but I think there's a right answer for you. And I've tried uh, to make my decisions in life that way.
0: Oh, I love that. And Holly?
1: Oh, my favorite quote, Amanda. Help me. You've heard them all. <laughs> can't um, stop, won't stop. I'm. I, I think that's definitely a favorite yeah. hashtag that I've heard, Holly.
2: You know, when you have that optimistic mentality of can't stop, won't stop, it answers all the questions for you because you know you just have to figure out a how to pivot and go to the right or the left or straight or backwards or somehow get, you know,
1: get out of that. Certainly inspires me. (laughs) I've digested that one big time. Can't
0: stop, won't stop. And then my last question that I'm going to leave you guys is um, if you weren't in the beauty industry or a beauty entrepreneur, what would you be doing right now in another multiverse? So maybe whoever wants to take it first, I don't want to choose (laughs) now.
1: I know what my road not taken is. Uh, So I... I almost, you know, studied art history in college and thought that I would go down the path of some form of art sales or museums. That is my other happy place is walking around any museum anywhere, um, just soaking up whatever is going on in, in this sort of visual arts. So... That is the road not taken for me. But I've decided maybe it's just the road not taken yet. And somewhere somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. I'll you never
0: know. That's that. why I asked this question. I'm like, yeah, you know, there's always
1: Yeah, I'm saying later. it's the road not taken yet. Maybe we'll I love see.
0: that. I love that. You know, I, I, would,
1: I would be building or creating something to
2: make the world a better place. Um, I think that, you know, my entire life, in fact, I was, um, in fifth grade, i created, um, what I called Halsha boards, which were the first ever locker shelves. And I solved the problem of like, how do you not make your locker such a mess? And how do you share a locker with a friend and keep your stuff separate from theirs? And so I think I've just always had this ability to kind of, you know, think about game changing ways to make the world a better place. Um, I think 2.0. I definitely have aspirations to write a book. Um, I was very inspired throughout my childhood by the business aisle of Barnes and Noble, and and there were very few founder stories um, to read, um, but I hung on their every word, and so I think I kind of owe it to to get that out on paper at some point. Um, Sometime in the future. So, and it may be even in the form of a children's book, because I think that there are also very few children's books talking about the importance of protecting our skin at a young age. So... Um, I've got actually a, a coffee table book idea too. So maybe a writer.
0: I love that. Oh, well, I can't wait to see what you guys do, both with Supergoop and of course, your own journey. So you've got a, a fan and friend for life. Uh, but in the meantime, for those listening, where can everyone continue to follow either your, your own socials, but also the brand itself?
2: Yeah, so on Instagram, we're Supergoop. And uh, and I have my, my personal, more entrepreneurial story and family sprinkled in on uh, at Holly
0: thagger. Amanda, do you have social or is it more private?
1: I I am back to the no hidden talents. No, I'm, I'm, (laughs) uh, I'm, you know, all in on this brand. So
0: I love that. Well, I'll put the the handles of the brand and Holly's Instagram all in the summary bio. So we can just tap straight away and I uh, hope to see you guys very soon in person uh, but in the meantime wishing you gosh
2: Akash and I have to say too thank you for putting such a megaphone to our message and our vision oh, and our no. brand and I know it's only through the help of other people that are helping to share with their networks and, and share our passion and our vision um, that we can actually continue to move the needle and scale so thank you yeah. well yeah.
0: no thank you for yeah, yes. making my, my my skin and everything healthier and safer so for you guys I owe you all of this and more. So thank you. (laughs) Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. To be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.